And the more Jane makes herself valuable and helps other people see that value, the more the old story dies out and gets replaced by a new memory, a new soundbite that she influences. This is Chan with The Plan, the podcast, a podcast providing career advice and easy, actual steps for frustrated professionals, helping you overcome career challenges so you stop feeling confused and defeated and start feeling focused and confident in order to excel in your career. I'm your host, Max Chan. Now let's dive into the episode. Hey, Jennifer, welcome to the show. Thanks, Max. It's great to see you. Great to see you as well. And again, thanks for coming on. And as you know, you wanted to come on my podcast because this is a career podcast to help professionals overcome common career challenges to help them get to the next level. And one of the things when it comes to career challenges is the job search. And a lot of professionals struggle with the job search. They apply online to a lot of jobs. They don't know where their application goes. It might go into some like database and never gets seen by a human type of thing. So there's a lot of frustration with the job search process. But the one thing that a lot of professionals, they want to get a step up, as in they want to get an edge in the job search. And one of the things that can help elevate your standing and positioning is building a personal brand. However, although this terminology of personal brand has been floating around the past few years and has became more popular, a lot of professionals still don't know what a personal brand actually is. So why don't we start with the foundation and you can help us explain what a personal brand is. Let's do it. Thanks again for having me. I love this conversation. Let's dive in. So a lot of people are asking, how do I get more job interviews, better job offers, raises, promotions, recognition, even respect? I think that for many job seekers, that's a bit of a mystery. And as you say, that the job search is limited for some to applying online into the ether. There's a belief out there that people should be networking, but some folks don't really know what that means. So they rely on the resume. But if you think about how you grow your career, even if you're not a career coach like us, throwing around language like personal branding, in an ideal world, I think we'd all like to answer that you earn a job offer or a promotion or even get an interview based on the merit of your work, the quality of your work. But in the real world, how do people know that quality? How do people really understand what you do? In the real world, the answer to the question how you grow your career might be based on what people think about you and your work. And now we're talking about personal branding. So if you, as the job seeker or as somebody looking for a promotion, think about what are people saying and thinking about you and your work, now we're in the realm of personal branding. Great. So how does one get started building a personal brand? Like, What are some of the key elements? That is a great question. Before I dive into that, I want to share with you a couple of stories of what people say when I ask them what personal branding means for them, if that's okay with you. Often I hear what you said, you know, it's my resume or my LinkedIn, but more often I hear people say, oh, if I think about personal branding, I really want my work to speak for itself. Oh, am I supposed to become some sort of commodity or some sort of brand? So they feel some resistance there. It feels transactional. I get a lot of uggs 
uh, yuck. And a lot of sense of, I have no idea what personal branding is, but I know I'm supposed to be doing something with it. So you're in luck. You're going to want to listen to this. We're going to dive deep on some of the elements of personal branding and whether you're searching for your next job or your dream job, I hope you are, or you'd rather improve your circumstances with your current employer, your pay, your appreciation, the amount of respect that you've earned, the opportunities, the fulfillment you feel at work. All those are factors that you can influence probably more than you realize through your personal brand. So some of the factors, the main factor that most people think of when they get on board with the idea of personal branding is that personal branding is what other people say about you when you're not in the room. And that is one of the main factors of your personal brand. But as you might already be thinking, there are some problems with that piece. So let's talk about that piece, what other people are saying about you when you're not in the room. That quote is attributed to Jeff Bezos. Let's talk about that piece and then move into the other elements, which you can influence a lot more than what other people are saying. Sounds good. Yeah. So why don't you walk us through that? So personal brand is what do people say about you when you're not in the room? So can you provide some examples? And even if you can relate to your own career, that'd be helpful as well. Yeah. So my favorite example is from the Friends sitcom. Do you remember that episode where they're playing a game and it's guys against gals and the tiebreaker question is to the gals. And the question is, what is Chandler Bing's job? Do you remember this one, Max? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, I remember it. Yeah. Okay. And so Monica and Rachel are trying to guess what their best friend, one of their closest friends job is in order to win, you know, like high stakes, right? They're trying to win the game. And all they can remember is, well, it has something to do with numbers and processing maybe he carries a briefcase and then they make up a word. He's a transponster. So it's not even a word. They lose the game. It's dire. And I'm wondering what, for those of you listening, what are people saying about you and your work? If you and your friends were having that tiebreaker game, would they be able to name what you do? If so, you've got a stronger personal brand than Chandler Bing did. People have an idea of what you're doing. But for most of us, our friends would probably lose this game. They probably don't quite have an idea of, they may have heard the title, but it might not have much meaning. So if the tiebreaker is more than just the title, you might be in trouble. So one client that I worked with was in a situation where she was well-respected in her organization. She'd been there a long time. I think she had a VP title. A new position came up. And it was perfect for her. She felt like they might have written it for her. But the problem was her boss didn't identify with that part of her job. He was really happy with the numbers she was producing, but didn't really understand how important her role was in getting different departments to work together to streamline processes and create a wonderful customer experience. So for this senior vice president role in customer experience, he wasn't advocating for her. He didn't even understand why she'd want to apply. So she had a personal branding problem. And as soon as she understood that, she realized, oh, I can address this piece with my boss and get him as an ally. So she could improve her personal brand and therefore grow her career in the direction she was looking toward. Yeah, one of the things that I want to emphasize in that story is that 
the biggest gatekeeper when it comes to opportunities in that company is your manager, your boss. If they don't believe that you'd be a good fit, it doesn't matter how good of a work you've done or how much uh, rapport and relationship building you've done with other people or higher people in the organization. If your manager doesn't buy into your brand, then it's not going to work, right? That's exactly right. Yeah. So for how many of you, of course you are, you're listening to this podcast in your own time. You care about your work. You care about your career, but maybe gatekeepers or decision makers are holding you back. They don't know what you're worth. They don't understand the value of the work you're doing or what you could do for them. And that's a personal branding problem. And when you think of it that way, I want you to start as we go into more detail about how you can influence your personal brand. I want you to feel more and more empowered because if it's just a personal branding problem, you can address it. And it often is. There might be other problems in your organization, but the one that Max is describing this, the decision maker not getting it, you can influence that. And we can go into more detail about how to do that. So like a perfect example of like the personal brand is the internal candidate. And what I mean by that is that you're an external applicant. You want this opportunity at your dream company. And then they end up just choosing someone internal. And the reason why that usually happens is that the internal candidate is more of a proven entity. And they've already developed a brand inside the company compared to you where they only really know you from a piece of paper, right? That's exactly the problem. Nobody knows what you do. Even Chandler's closest friends didn't know what he does. And that may be true for you of your close friends, of your network of decision makers between you and the next opportunity that you're looking for. So if your personal brand depends on people knowing what you do, then you want to help them to understand what you do. All right. So how do you help people understand what you do? So is that where we start talking about and diving into the fundamentals of your personal brand and how to start? Yeah, I think so. You know, if you've already got a personal brand right now, there's some brand, it might be kind of weak. We're talking about how to strengthen your personal brand in order to grow your career right now. What other people are saying about you might not be very valuable. They might not be saying very much. They might not be saying it to the right people. The right people might not be saying it. So right now, your personal brand, if it's left in other people's hands, is a little bit left to chance. But you can influence it in a couple of ways. Because before people talk about you and your work, they're perceiving you and your work in just a few ways. One, they've heard somebody else say something. So that's what they repeat. The others, they start with how you do your work. So I know you're doing hard work. Those of you who are listening, I know you care about your career. There are a couple of other pieces to how you do your work that can influence what other people are saying about you. And we can touch on those. And then we can get to the piece where you really start to influence what other people are saying. And that is what you say about your work, which may be something you've been avoiding or kind of punting in the moment, try something new every time. And we're going to get into some of the details about how you can talk about your work that's going to strengthen your personal brand. Just as a side note, people don't build personal brands from scratch. You already have a personal brand. It's that people are basically dictating what they think of you and you're not building your brand. So you can push your message, the message that you want to convey. So it goes back to Whether we like it or not, there's always a personal brand about you, but it's up to us to take charge and actually create the message that we want people to resonate with, not what people believe that we are. 
That's exactly it. What other people say about you matters to your personal brand because there are more of them than there are of you. And some of them are going to be decision makers. So it matters what other people say. But when you're passive to your personal brand, when it's in other people's hands entirely and you're not influencing them, think about it. It's hard to talk about your own work. Can you imagine nailing talking about somebody else's work? and perpetuating really positive personal brands about other people's work that you don't understand. So even with the best of intentions, what other people are saying probably isn't as accurate or as conveying as much value about you and your work as it could. And so I want you to feel really empowered to influence your personal brand and not just leave it in the hands of others. Yes, you've got a personal brand, whatever other people are already saying, even if that's not very much, you just don't have a very strong personal brand yet. But that's good news. You can begin to strengthen it right away just by considering these details and thinking about, hmm, how can I work in a way that people will notice differently and value more? And how can I talk about that work in a way that other people can repeat or that could help other people see it in a new way so that what they say is more accurate and valuable? So how do we go about doing this? I knew you'd want to know. It's a great question. One of the things that I want you to be thinking about is kind of a scale, like a strength scale of your personal brand. Maybe before we dive in, let's Think about the strength scale of one to 10, 10 being a really dynamic personal brand. Everyone knows what you're about and you get calls to do the kind of work you really want to do. You've got a really strong personal brand. That's a 10. Other people are saying great things about you and they're saying them often. What I'd love for you to do before we go any further is just assess scale of one to 10 What's the strength of your personal brand right now? If you feel underappreciated, underemployed, underpaid, you'll probably be lower on that scale, which gives you some opportunity to move up. Max, you ask what we can do. Let's start thinking about how we can help people know what you do. So one of the things is when you think about your work, I know you're not clock watching, but you might be kind of seduced by like how many tasks and responsibilities you have. Often, if you talk to us resume writers, you've heard us say, don't focus on the list of responsibilities, focus on the achievements that you've earned. And the same is true when you're just thinking about your work and doing your work is really focus on what's the outcome, what's the business value of your work. And if you've got a long list of responsibilities, you might get lost in that list. And if that's the case, then the value you are describing when you think and talk about your work is gets muffled, gets lost in the list of responsibilities. So the value of your work is going to be perceived with more strength if it's solving a problem. If you're clear on the desired outcome that people are paying you toward, even if you're early in the outcome and other people get to take it to the finish line and claim the final product. If you're really thinking about what is the value of your work in terms of the business case, the impact you're creating, the people you're helping, you are going to start to improve your personal brand just through that shift. If you're lost in an exchange of time for money, an exchange of tasks for money in your thinking, even if you're bringing really good values and a great work ethic to your work, even you are valuing it less than you could. And when you start to be 
anchored into the outcome you create, it's going to help you perceive the value of your work as higher. And that in turn will ripple out. But the most important thing you can do is talk about your work. And it's some heavy lifting. I think most people really struggle with this and rely just on their title. And for a very small percentage of titles, people know what that means. And they also have a strong sense of value and a positive sense of that title. But for most of us, it's like Transponster. It's kind of like Chandler. We don't really know what you do. So if you've been relying on your title, you're not helping other people say good things about you. You want to shift from not saying anything or relying on your title or being vague, complicated, jargony, or a list of those responsibilities. You want to shift away from that language toward something that's very clear. This next one might surprise you. That's conversational. So many people think about their resume as being the foundation of their brand, but a personal brand that's repeatable is going to be conversational, not too jargony, not too complicated, something short and memorable repeatable, and it conveys the value of what you do by highlighting some problem that you solve or some outcome that you create. Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. You bring up a good point. One of the uh, main issues I think a lot of professionals have is that they struggle to talk about themselves in a very positive light, right? So how do you help people have that mindset shift of, I do do all this great work. It's not just a list of responsibilities. You're right. Part of it is mindset. Yes, you've got tasks to get through. Yes, you're exchanging some time for work. But rather than focusing on that list in a non-prioritized way, it's just an endless list. You're going to prioritize in your thinking, in your mind, which of these tasks move the dial toward that outcome. Nobody hired you just because you're great. I know you are, but people aren't paying you just because you're great or just to fill in you know, some seat. They want you to help towards some outcome. And the more you focus on what is the outcome that they're hoping for? Yes, they want me to do some tasks, but why? What is the point of these tasks? When you shift your thinking, you're going to feel more of a sense of satisfaction in your work. And you're going to help other people remember, recognize, notice the value you're bringing, even before you talk about it much, just that the way that you're looking at your work and the way you're doing it, the values that you bring to it, all of that's going to help shift from that endless list that's not prioritized to what's the point of what we're doing. To add to that point, from what I've gathered is that a lot of professionals, they have short-term memories. So how do you keep on like pushing that brand? So what I'm trying to say is that we've already discussed that when it comes to personal brand, you have one whether you like it or not, right? And when you're trying to be more proactive in building it, how do you try to get rid of the first impressions that they already made about you with your personal brand? How do you get them to shift their thinking about you as you make this change in showcasing who you really are? Yeah, that's a great question. So if you happen to know what the limit is, whether it's that they have the wrong perception of you or a limited perception, or maybe you made a bad impression in one instance, that kind of thing can really perpetuate, right? Remember that time Jane threw up at the presentation? Like that could become your personal brand because it's so repeatable. If you know 
the obstacle? What's the limitation? You can make a decision about whether to address it head on or simply start to replace it with something better, which is almost always the better choice. So rather than go around and apologize to everybody for throwing up at the presentation, Jane would do better to focus on talking about her work now and talking about the real value of her work, doing that value and replacing that memory. Maybe she can laugh it off. That might help other people to let go of it and begin to replace that story with, hey, remember that time Jane saved us from that potential PR nightmare? I'll value her forever for that. And the more Jane makes herself valuable and helps other people see that value, the more the old story dies out and gets replaced by a new memory, a new soundbite that she influences and that helps her get to where she wants to go. So it's one of those things that if you really want to change your personal brand, you have to do something very impactful that will make you memorable, right? Your work could be very impactful and they could remember your work or what you say can be very impactful. We all know somebody who gets promoted whose work isn't that great. Somehow they've got a great personal brand. So my sense is, Max, that your listeners are all doing really good work, but somehow that's not perpetuating their personal brand as much. So you can focus on what you say about your work in order to really make that impact. Yes, do work that's impactful, that's memorable, and then help them remember it or understand what it is through doing the hard work of figuring out what to say yourself. So you're not asking them to figure out the hard work of what to say. If you're asking them to figure it out, it's going to be the easy story, the quick sound bite, or not talking about you much at all. So what you do is you figure out what's valuable about what I do. How can I convey that in a story or a short sound bite when people ask you, so what do you do for a living? Or when you're introducing yourself in your work, when you get those opportunities, whether it's among friends like Monica and Rachel, or among your broader network, among family, or even like among the gatekeepers and decision makers that we were talking about earlier. You don't have to change it every time. It's almost better if you come up with a quick way to describe your work that just becomes second nature. You can say it really conversationally whenever you're meeting somebody new or whether whenever you're interacting on behalf of your work. And now we're moving beyond that old definition that's so common that your personal brand is what other people say about you when you're not in the room. I think better definition that's going to help empower you to recognize your influence. And this one's by Seth Godin, every interaction in any form is branding. So all the ways that you show up can be steering your personal brand, but most especially what you say when you're introducing your work can really take off because it's so conversational that it's memorable, it's clear, it's repeatable. It takes a little work up front, but then you've got this introduction and you can roll with it and other people will roll with it too. And they'll start to talk in a similar way, if not exactly the same way that you are. So you can really control and influence your personal brand just by deciding what's most valuable about your work, who you help most, and then decide, okay, how am I going to introduce this? And when you boil it down to a single simple sentence that's memorable and repeatable and conveys that value, then you can build the other pieces of your personal brand, like your resume and your LinkedIn and the answers to your job interview questions 
all of those pieces are built on that theme that you've figured out in advance and they all come together much more easily than trying to tie them all together when you wrote them separately without the theme. Yeah, common mistake that professionals make when they're starting their job search is they go right into the resume and start writing it. But it's about, again, like you said, setting the theme, uh, having that line, that branding statement, so to speak, on like how you want to convey yourself. And then at that point, you would translate all that into like your resume cover letter LinkedIn. But a lot of people default to resume right away, but you have to do that clarity work first, right? Before you're able to have a clear path on where you want to go. If you want a good resume, you do. You'll do that heavy lifting beforehand. And you'll also be gradually, continually building your brand through your network simply by repeating that line. And then when you do send your resume, it doesn't get lost in the ether. You have a connection in that organization that knows you by your personal brand, by that branding statement, and they're going to endorse you and you'll get flagged for the interview much more likely than you just will if you're only relying on the online application process. So how does one craft that branding statement, so to speak, to like get their job search on the right foot or even their career advancement strategy? Yeah, because it can work for really anybody. The clearer you are when you're talking about your work, the more it will get you job offers and opportunities, clients, raises, recognition. Any of those things can advance through your stronger personal brand. So I recommend that you start to think about You could just make a list of who benefits from your work, the different ways they benefit from your work, and the different outcomes that they want to enjoy from your work. Or sometimes it works to list the outcomes they want to avoid (laughs) through your work. So if we hire Sarah, we know we won't go bankrupt or we won't have to run into the kind of problems that we have been running into without Sarah's help. So just make a list of who benefits from your work or who could, what kind of problems you solve in your work and what kind of outcomes you help them create or help them avoid. And just by listing, just do a brain dump of all the different groups of people, problems and outcomes that you influence and then start thinking about, okay, so of these which would be most relevant to the most people. If you're looking for an internal promotion, which would be the most relevant to that boss who just doesn't get part of what you do, that gatekeeper. If it's a broader networking issue and you're looking for clients or job opportunities, something that people can hook into that they understand, even if they don't have a clue about your industry. So do that brain dump. And then from there, try on some different positioning statements and see which ones feel the most relevant and convey the most value from your perspective and then take them out in the world and try them out. If people glaze over, keep working. If they lean in and start to ask follow-up questions, oh, could it work in a situation like this? They've probably got a friend in mind who's hiring or they can imagine that and they'll remember you later when they come across an opportunity. It's so important that you need to write a branding statement that speaks to your target audience. It can't be general, right? Because then it doesn't resonate with anybody, right? That's right. So how about I share a few examples? One of my clients, I used to see him speaking. So he was respected enough that he would be invited to panels. And sometimes we shared panels and we're speaking to innovators in the technology world. And whenever I or anyone else would ask him what he did, he would say, oh, it's too complicated to even explain. (laughs) So he hadn't done the heavy lifting 
he hadn't done the hard work of deciding how to convey what he does in a valuable way. And I think he was relying, like, if I say it's complicated, they're going to assume it's important. And he was kind of relying on that default. But it turned people off. It was frustrating. Like, we asked you a sincere question, and you're not even helping us. So we worked it together, and here's what we came up with. And it got him, you can imagine, he's had so many great new jobs since we did this. Here's his one-line introduction after we work together a little bit. I help bring sanity to software development projects so we can get better solutions into people's hands faster. So now we know he works in software development. We know that he helps get those projects done faster. And then sometimes he would add on, depending on that target audience, if he was talking to somebody who might potentially want to hire him, he would add on, get those solutions into people's hands faster and more profitably. So he's really making the business case there. That's a great example. It goes to show that it doesn't matter how technical your expertise is, you can always simplify it. Because again, the simpler your message, the more it will resonate and connect with people, right? Exactly. That's right. Here's another example of somebody seeking employment for a role that they'd already held, but they were in a new town. And some of you listeners may fall into this. It feels awkward to talk about your work when you're meeting new people. And so she would kind of default into getting personal. Hey, tell us about yourself. She'd say, I'm a mom of two hockey kids. We recently moved here, so I'm looking for a new job. But that wasn't very helpful to her audience unless she's looking for more hockey moms or like the next hockey program to enroll her kids in. It's not helping grow her career. So here's what she came up with. I help bring numbers to life. So software startups can raise their first million dollars. I'm looking for my next startup to help in reaching that goal. So she pinpointed a result that she'd gotten in her last job and used that to leverage her job search. Who doesn't want to raise their next million dollars? And if you happen to be a startup company, you're going to be paying attention to that if you're looking for your Series A fundraising. So what's your one-liner? Yeah, I sure do. I help people to nail their personal brands, their searches, and their job interviews so they land their dream job and make more money. So how long does it take for you to make that like statement? Is there a lot of brainstorming, a lot of back and forth? What's your thought process? And how do you know if that's the one to go with or you have to go back to the drawing board? For me, it's a problem that I solve more than once. I find something that works pretty well and then I try it out in the world. I gather data, I conduct experiments and I want you and your listeners to do the same. Get out there and try your one-liners, your intro statements For me, often a client will say something to reflect, ooh, there's a nuance that I didn't even know I did or I didn't know how valuable it was. So I tend to iterate mine every year or two. And then there's usually some brainstorming and some kind of fumbling for a while while I try on new things. And by the way, I modify mine a little bit depending on different situations, how many characters I get, if it's online or, you know, in some written format. Sometimes I use something as simple as I help people design futures they love, but it's not as specific. So I think that the more specific is usually better. And some of you may be concerned that you're going to rule out job opportunities, but what will happen instead is the more specific you get, the more SEO you're going to benefit from. If it's on LinkedIn, the more headhunters are going to call you about that thing, but then they'll also say, or could you do this other thing? 
And so what tends to happen is you don't pigeonhole yourself. You just get specific enough that now we can start the conversation, that now we want to talk about other things you can do. So it tends to be true that if it's conveying real value, the more specific, the better. A lot of professionals, they're afraid of niching down because then they think that the best way to get their next job is to cast a huge net so that everybody would resonate with them, right? So they're afraid if they niche down, they lose those opportunities that they would have been reached out to by a recruiter if they were more broad. So what's your suggestion in terms of changing that mindset that it's actually better to niche down because then you get more target opportunities and you actually will increase your odds of landing that job? Yeah, you're so, so right. If you are a hiring manager and you see a lot of resumes, you're going to see a lot of those resumes trying to cast a wide net. If you've been networking in the world, you've heard a lot of people who don't have very powerful personal branding statements. They don't position themselves. They're trying to cast too wide a net. And what happens is you probably don't quite know what they do. You probably don't quite know what they could do for you or for your friend who's hiring. You probably don't have a very clear idea of the value of what they do. So for those of you who are wanting to go that route and cast the wide net, recognize that by casting too wide a net, you're diluting your message. And what ends up happening is we don't really understand what you do or how valuable it could be. Remember that last example, I help startups raise their first million dollars. Like that's so specific, but think of how many startups there are in the world. Okay. Of all those startups, many of them have already raised their first million, but how many haven't and don't want to go broke before they do. And so by niching down, she got so clear and the people around her, even if they weren't in startup industries, even if they didn't understand those worlds, they understood what she did. And then they started to pepper her with questions. Well, could you do this? Could you do this other thing? And then she gets to decide whether, yes, she'd like to do those things. But what happens behind the scenes is they that network runs into other people in their own network who are involved in startup. And they're like, hey, have you met so-and-so? This is exactly what she does. She helps people get their numbers in order so they can raise that first million dollars. So the more specific you get, especially if it's outcome-based, remember, you want to really demonstrate what you help people do. The more specific you get, the more opportunities are going to open up. It seems like you're niching down and ruling people out, but by doing that, you're helping others self-select. You're ruling them in where when you cast a wide net, everybody gets ruled out. They just don't engage with what you're saying enough to actually be casting that net. In a way, it's better niche down because even if your statement doesn't highlight what they're looking for, it might invoke curiosity for them to reach out to you to ask that question. So you're very engaged that way compared to trying to be broad and then they end up assuming what you do or don't do and then not reach out at that point. That's exactly right. And we had a great discussion in terms of personal brand. So what would be one thing that you want my listeners to take away when it comes to building a personal brand to further their career? One thing that you need to do is really drill down nail down what value you're delivering. There's probably lots of different ways you are creating value in your work and you want to really get clear on what that is, much more so than that list of tasks that you've got to accomplish or list of responsibilities that you're always juggling in your mind. You want to drill down on what business case value, what impact value, who you help, any of those or all of those do a brain dump and then think about 
which of those are going to be relevant to your target audience. When you are really clear on the value you create, and then you come up with a way to introduce your work that conveys that value, your personal brand is going to start to strengthen every day. On that scale of one to 10, if you rated yourself at like a one, two, three, even a four, but you had been passive about your personal brand, as soon as you drill down onto what is the real value of your work, and everything has value, every work has value. So don't get hung up in comparing your work to a neuroscientist or an astronaut. Every work has value, and you just want to get really clear on what is the value of your work. When you do that, you're going to start rating so much higher on that scale right away. You're going to move right on up. And then it'll amplify and spread really quickly because what you're saying makes sense to people. It's memorable. They can repeat it. And then they just will. And now your personal brand isn't just clear. It's also repeated. So it's growing more in strength as well as amplitude. And that's a great way to end it off. And I want to ask one last question for you, uh, Jennifer. So as I said earlier in my podcast, well, at the beginning of the podcast, my podcast is about helping professionals overcome career challenges. So throughout your career, what has been one big challenge that you had to overcome? And what were the steps you took to overcome it to get to where you are today? One big challenge that I had was I didn't want to commit to a career. I was afraid that if I chose a career target, if I chose a vision or a goal that I would be missing out on interesting opportunities or that I would just choose wrong and I would limit myself kind of like I didn't want to niche down because I was so afraid that I would limit my opportunities. And I spent a long time casting my, just opening my sail and going where the wind blew. And I got some good experience that way, but some of those jobs were way off passion, were definitely not getting me closer to something that would be a good fit because I wasn't making any choices along the way about what that fit could be. So the most important thing that I did was decide to trust myself to start committing and making choices and recognize that if those choices aren't right, I can make new choices. But if I'm not committed to anything, if I'm not focusing on any vision in my career, I'm going to get a lot of experiences, but I'm not going to grow the depth of experience and I'm not going to get closer to something that's just an ideal fit. So for me, I really believe in taking the time to get clear on your values and your vision to dream a little bit about where you could go. For some people, this is really hard. And for me, it was. I didn't want to dream too small, so I didn't dream at all. And when you let yourself dream, even just five years in advance, now you've got a little map that you can start making choices. How can I get to that five-year vision? And you can start working towards it. And maybe you'll get a better opportunity that's nowhere near that. And you can decide whether or not to take it or change your vision. But without it, you don't have any guardrails to discern. So it's hard to move forward. Again, I really appreciate the time you took to discuss with my listeners on the power of a personal brand and how it can help you in career advancement. So how can people like, reach out to you to learn more about what you do in terms of personal branding development and how you can get them to the next level of their career? Thanks so much for asking, Max. It's been a pleasure to talk about this topic. I think it's a really important one, especially if we can define it in a way that people can relate to and start to realize how much it can influence their career and how much they can influence their career. If you'd like to learn more about me, you can go to LinkedIn forward slash Jen Shryock. That's Jen with one N. 
Shryock, by the way, is S-H-R-Y-O-C-K. My website's jennifershryock.com. I'll spell it J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-S-H-R-Y-O-C-K.com. And if you want to really drill down about exactly what you should say in your intro statement, you can check out my workshop. It's at magneticoneliner.com. Awesome, Jennifer. I really appreciate the time again and sharing your insights on how my listeners can start building their personal brand today to achieve their career goals. Thanks so much, Max. Talk to you soon. Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this content valuable, here's three ways I can help you achieve your career goals for free. First, subscribe to this podcast as I post two episodes a week. Number two, leave a five-star review as this helps build the credibility of the show so we can gain access to more influential people to interview and bring those lessons to you to help elevate your career. And number three, connect with me on social media. There's a link in the show notes for you to click on that compiles all my active social media accounts, making it easy for you to find me and connect with me. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, Thank you.